Have you ever been to the hospital? Like, like you ever break an arm? You ever been to the hospital? God, I hate to say no because I'm worried about you know what might happen. Yeah. But no. no, no. Okay, like you've never like taken like unfortunately had to take like any of your kids, anybody like just no, for, no, like you, a broken arm or. Oh, or you asked me. No, the, the daughters. We were probably lucky not to be called by child abuse and protective <laughs> services at one point because there was a span there where we were there a lot. So I, I don't know if you remember, but they they always hand you this thing that says like. It's like got a bunch of smiley faces on it. It's a, it's a spectrum, and it's like yeah. like green and happy smiley face. Like, what's your pain level? And then all the way at ten. Well, buddy, I'm at ten right now. <laughs> I am at ten right now. I believe you, and you're probably not alone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody's at ten. This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve, it worked this time because it was your voice. Uh, welcome into this week's episode, um, where we will just sit here and cry dramatically for the next 40 minutes, um, so that you can get out all of your emotion about Penn State football and its heartbreaking loss, uh, this week. Well, you may cry, um, I, and maybe this is an age thing that we'll get to some week, like, I'm relegated to the fact that, that they lost, and I'm not as emotionally tied to stuff as I used to be, and I guess for me, when we get to the the pylon thing or whatever else, I would have wanted that call for my quarterback. I would have wanted fair. that call for my kid. That's so, fair. so I guess that's where I, I mean, I know the problems with it. I could probably argue it both ways, and, and we'll talk about it. But I don't want that call for my kid, so I was happy for their kid. All um, right, that's 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 fair. Um, let's hold on for a second. We'll get into that all uh, today on the show. We're going to talk about the Indiana game. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to talk about Ohio State weekend and how this is truly. Not that anything's been like it, like it was every other year, but this weekend definitely feels even weirder um, with the, with Ohio State coming to town. Um, and then next week is election week, and here in Maryland, where I'm located, uh, sports gambling is on the docket, so we're going to chat about that. And we won't spoil old guy, young guy, but let's just say a lot of people your age, Steve, are very upset about what the, our topic is today. And rightfully so. Okay. All right. We'll save that argument for a little bit. All right, let's get after it. What was your reaction? Did, honest reaction as you saw it live, as you saw the initial replays, to everything that happened on the two-point conversion at the end of the game on Saturday. Honest reaction was um, could have gone either way. Like if they called they called it a touchdown and it wasn't going to be a rule. Like when I, when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, they lost the game, and there's no way they can change it even if they want to. And, then, and it took us 10 more minutes to get there officially, and now a week of moaning from everybody else to realize we're still there. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's fair. That's fair. What about you? I, I thought that, I'll be honest, I, I mean, as we all, everybody that knows that listens to me and listens to me talk about Penn State football or tweet about it or post anything about it, I'm very much the optimist, and I, I thought he was short. I, it looked... I was quite stunned when the referee put his hands up and said that it was good. I, I really was. Um, I think also some of that just might have been the last. Like I was thinking about the, the game the other day, compared to especially compared to the Steeler game that was it had a little bit of a similar feel. And I thought that the last, you know, after Journey Brown scored the touchdown, that must have taken at least five hours. Like it, that 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 everything just took so long there. 
everything there was so much back and forth and i was like okay you know what like this is the one final thing that's going to go right in these next 30 seconds and obviously it did not i the more i look at it the more i'm like he's short um i thought he was short it looked short on the replay i wasn't but i wasn't surprised at the what the replay rolling was because that i mean it was very tough to overturn there's 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 no ifs ands or buts about it i 99% 99% of the 99.9% of the time that call does not get overturned and, and I don't think you know I don't think the football gods were with Penn State on on that 0.01% chance yeah and I had used the thing that people um, the feedback I got from last week about our show is positive Steve was a stark contrast to the real Steve that most people know so and I had used again up all of my positivity to that point in the game you know, oh, they're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You know, so they scored the touchdown. They still got to go to the end, drive the field, and get two. This defense has been great. That's not going to happen. Um, negative Steve probably would have taken a different turn on that. Um, but even if there had been, from a technology standpoint, the pylon cams, which Fox Sports 1 didn't have on this broadcast, it's not about the, the, the touchdown and the ruling. I think we get lost in the visual of the pylon. It's not about the pylon. It's about the plane of the goal with whatever stumbling little edge of the ball might have gotten there. Right. You know, and, and I don't know if even the pylon cams would have been in there. Man, you're talking about a centimeter, an inch of them being able to see that and overrule it. So, I mean, I think that's what gets lost in discussion and is frustrating for me to hear and, and, and to hear media members perpetuate. It's not about what was out of bounds. It was not about the pylon getting hit. It was about when the ball pl- should have been or was about when the ball passed the plane the goal. Um, and that's just harder to see. Like, you can't see that because the plane's right. invisible and it's this thing. Right. Um, yeah, it's a sucky loss. It's not the way people wanted to go in the season because you got Ohio State coming up. Right. And, you know, and it's just, it's tough. But I keep coming back to if it was my kid that did that, it had been hard to talk me off the fact that that was a touchdown for me. Um, well, so you know, we'll flip, the, flip the script. Say, you know, this was a home game at, at Beaver Stadium and it, it was Penn State scoring. Everybody and their brother thinks that that's a touchdown or is a good conversion you know we're not having this conversation it it, did he did did he not um i don't know we'll see um you know it's one of the things that makes makes being a fan here great yeah i mean i mean i really think go ahead we we asked for college football we begged for it we pleaded for it unfortunately we maybe (laughs) got too much of it that we necessarily wanted but this is this is why Games like this, if I was a neutral fan, especially on on Saturday night, like this is what makes me fall in love with college football, the sport. I I think that truly, there is every bit of everything that that made college football what college football is, minus the fans and and really the bands. Right, and even instances like this in in West Central Pennsylvania, Central Western Pennsylvania, we've been blessed with kind of things like this that are that kind of transcend the sport. You know, the coin toss in the NFL goes back to that Steelers-Lions game yep. where now games are where the coin toss is pre-called because of a Steelers game. So the team that I cheer for, I have no doubt that in another four or five years, there's going to be something that is a result of this play in terms of how they track things or how they do things. And, you know, it's not going to, you know, fix the wounds right now, but it's, it's pretty cool that your teams are part of this stuff that, that's bigger than the sport itself. The other one that comes to mind, unfortunately, is the Jesse James game. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, for the Steelers, not for Penn State. Yeah. Um, let's let's get into that a little bit. The technology on all of this. We did our hard investigative journalism that the Stuff Summer says podcast with Steve 
um, you've come to know and love from us, really. We did shoot the Big Ten an email. We did shoot Fox an email. Fox did not get back to us. The Big Ten may get back to us. We will see. Good for them. I guess that's a little bit of a tease. Um, apparently, the email was lost in the, his, his, the PR person's draft inbox uh, this morning. So we will see. But we did reach out. There, there was no pylon camera in use, as you mentioned. And to me, it is 2020. You know, push all everything that's gone wrong with 2020 aside. It's 2020, technologically speaking. We should, we're supposed to have flying cars. We don't. The, the next closest thing to me is the pylon camera. I am in love with a pylon camera. I once watched a college football national championship game with it on my screen, and then on my computer screen, I had the pylon camera up the whole entire game. Why, like, why did it, does every game on Fox, ESPN, even CBS, why do these, these games, like how much do these pylon cameras actually cost why aren't we using them all the time? Because I, I don't know if that would have given us the definitive view, but it certainly would have been better than the off angle that we got on the one, you know, the off angle that we got on the other one. Like, it, I, I just, uh, why are we not using these? I don't know. And I should, I, well, because we don't have them, right? They don't have them, in it, and that is the breakdown between, it's kind of like watching the Steelers games when they were bad, right? And you'd get mm-hmm. like the fourth broadcast team, and you're like, oh, God, right. we got to listen to this or the production truck's not going to be good. And there's still a stark difference between the bells and whistles Sunday night football or Monday night football has and the third game on CBS or Fox, right. which, which is just weird. Yeah, this was a Fox Sports 1 game. You just knew there was going to be some stuff missing. They weren't going to have as much cameras and as many technology, period. Again, I, I think this is, this is the kind of incident that may help change that kind of stuff. Now, I, do I think it would have changed, would change sooner if it were Alabama or Ohio State involved in a game like this? There's a, there's a part of me that does think yeah. that. Um, but I think we will get to a place where, where this, this technology is, is almost ubiquitous everywhere. I mean, it's picked up much more. It used to be one game a weekend or something that had it. You well, know? You look at so, the sky camera. I mean, that, it was kind of the same thing. I know yeah. it wasn't in use, I don't think, on Saturday. That's not a make-or-break camera angle. But I feel like most ESPN games now have a sky camera. And I feel like pretty much every NFL game has, has a sky camera. I, I know at least the Steeler game did this weekend. Um, you know, and a couple other games that I watched. I, I like I said, I I really think thought when the pylon cameras first came out, I thought it was an awesome technology. I thought it was it's kind of one of those technologies that nobody went like surprised it didn't happen sooner. Especially with the invention of GoPros and kind of how like there for probably about three years everybody was obsessed with the idea of having a GoPro. Um, and I was I was kind of surprised. Um, you know, and my next question, and one of the questions we did reach out to on is, is that actually usable in replay? So, in my opinion, this is a little bit of a hot take, but if it's not universal across the replay rules, why, like, you shouldn't be able to use it if if you're not going to have it to, for every game. Yeah, and I think that that's a fair concern, and I... At least in the power five. And, that, and that's what happens, right? The games that don't have that do have less of a look, less of an opportunity. And I think we've seen that before. It just has an impact of the, the team, you know, we may be cheering for, right. the game we may be watching. So I, I think they're going to become more ubiquitous. I think this will be one of the things that, that goes that way. I don't think it's going to be this Saturday. Um, and I think the other place is, is if the broadcast partners can figure out a way to monetize them. If somebody would pay $2 a game, or $20 for a season to have access to every camera angle that a broadcast partner has, Mm -hmm. 
and that's another, that's another another way that would allow them to get some revenue to do that. And I think people would do that. I think people would would do that and have the other bar up on their on their right. on their camera screen or on their computer monitor and say, oh, I can see this, this, and this as well. I can watch my coach the whole time, right. just like they do for championship games or whatever else for for extra extra broadcast outlets. I think that's coming where you'll be able to do that stuff as kind of a pay-per-view package for the season or maybe even for a game. Yeah, I, like I said, I kind of was bummed that it wasn't there because, I, again, I don't know if it, it helps, but it's certainly better than maybe that awkward angle. The other, the other quick thought that I had and I just wanted to throw out there, um, tennis uses, I think it's called the ball hawk technology. Do you think, do you think we'll ever get to a point where that will, you know, a lot of people are like, why can't you put a GPS in the football? And then, and apparently they've looked into it. Um, the NHL has their playing track, player tracking. They basically had to redesign a hockey puck um, because they had to put little RFD chips in there. Um, do you ever think that that, do you think that's something that we're, we'll see down the line? You know, a ball hawk t- technology of, okay, this did cross, this didn't cross. Here's where it actually went out. Here's where it yeah, I had about six champions for that in our house Saturday night, Saturday when we were watching the game. I'm like, why the hell can't this work? Um, yeah, and I think the other the other reason it can be possible is when you look at baseball with, with the batter's boxes that now everybody's used to in the broadcast. You can see the batter's box, yep. and they track them, and, and they chart what the, the referees are doing. I mean, there's the challenge of bodies in football and whatever else is there. But I think as you know, the first place you'll see it, they'll roll it out for the championship semifinals in two or three years, right? We're gonna try right. this with this game and it's not definitive, but we have it if we need it. And it goes for a couple of seasons there and it works out well. Then the conferences, big conferences start doing invest in it. And it depends on how much they feel wronged. Again, if this were, and again, I am not a person that believes the Big Ten doesn't like Penn State or anything like that. But if this were a team that were gonna play for the national championship there this year and they had their season lost by something like this, I think the clamoring for it might be louder than it is for a team that, that, if it's lucky now, is going to get back to the top ten before the season's over. Right. Well, I mean, you know, even if this had been a Big Ten championship game, we are, we are, this is number one on outside the line, or not outside the lines, PTI, number one on, you know, Stephen A is talking about it. Every single person is talking about this, um, you know, for at least the next, or at least half of this week. Um, so no, Penn State's been great that way. You've got all kinds of relevance this week, right? You had the oh, yeah, the, the yeah. pylon get you through today, and then even today on the bottom of the ESPN studio shows in the bottom line, we're already touting Penn State at Ohio, Ohio State at Penn State for Saturday right. night. So right. realistically, this has been a heck of a week, perhaps not for the, <laughs> the most positive reasons, but if you're Penn State football, you are certainly as relevant this week as you could possibly be. Yeah, you know. Speaking of that, let's get after that topic. Ohio State comes to town, but also coming to town, college game day. Um, my first question for you is, if they're doing these kind of uh, quote-unquote hidden shows where they're not bringing fans in, where do you think they're setting up on Saturday? Uh, they'll be in the stadium on the concourse probably by, well, they'll be in the stadium perhaps in a, in a corner end zone, right? Because I think what they'll do, they'll stick the band or whatever else they bring in some portion of the band to do a little pregame kind of stuff or at least provide some atmosphere, and, and I envision that on the the concourse on the what is that the southwest corner of the student section there where you enter closest to the BJC and there's that flat area where they usually have picnic tables and stuff like I envision that as the place where the blue band will be or that the subset of the blue band that's going to play while they're doing it so maybe they're on the game days in the, the home the home tunnel end zone corner one of them I think is probably where I would expect them to be that's what I was thinking too I was thinking it kind of was funny because Remember when they, I know I was very little when this happened, but when they put the South expansion on, 
there was everybody was losing their minds because then you couldn't see Mount Nittany anymore. And I I kind of thought it would go where above basically Gate A, where there's that flat overlook, um, and, and then the camera shot would actually be backward facing Mount Nittany. But now that I think about that, I'm not sure how high that is compared to uh, Medler Field. And I don't know if they necessarily want Med Medler Field in the, <laughs> the background compared to a prettier view of Beaver Stadium. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I don't, also don't know nationally if Mount Nittany is iconic enough. Um, oh, I think it would be. I mean, I, you got your stadium cam. You know, the sky cam we just talked about could get you some angles. Sure. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that, as a TV geek, that would interest me. When they, you know, I know they scout the stadium, even when they come into games they've done before. They kind of walk it and see what's there. And I think those conversations would be interesting. And this year, obviously, they're they're they're, they're stilted or changed a little bit. But I, my sense is and understanding is that there's going to be some sub subset of the blue band that's a portion of game day or at least there in the stands or something. So that's everything's going to have to be inside to prevent people from gathering. Do you think, you don't think they'll be on the field? I don't think they'll be far out on the field. They could be on a corner. I just don't think, you know, yeah, that's kind of what the I surface, all that stuff. That's kind of what I thought too, because I, I know Penn State in general is very touchy about the grass. And it, I mean, it always looks gorgeous, even dead into the winter. Um, and we're so. tighter, we're tighter, Beaver Stadium's tighter on the sidelines and in the yeah. corners than some other places. Yeah. You know, Ohio State has a lot of room in that one end zone where the right. goalpost is where the teams come out. So they, they don't have that flexibility to be as much on there. So, you know, if they built the stage kind of walking off the student section right into the corner somehow, so that would be flat with it, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, my, next qu my next question on game day is, who do you think the guest picker will be? They've kind of gone through the onslaught of, of famous Penn Staters. My, this is a very random guess, and it has, he really has no c connection to Penn State. My guess would be Mark Ruffalo, because the Hulk is, is arguably the most famous Penn State alum. The, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner, a has a degree student. from Penn State. Yep. Um, I don't know if they'll make, I'm trying to think, as you said that, what Disney movies are owned or anything that's coming out, right? Because like, Vince Vaughn this past week had a movie coming out that they were kind of promoting. And I wrote about this for those of you when you pick up your Altoona mirror, the, the three or four of you from the Altoona area, I, I did write a note about this being the weakest part and the conversation will come up. The worst part about Penn State and game day is that we, there is no depth. Talk about lack of running back depth. There is no depth in the game day picker room. Like there's oh, yeah. just not. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Keegan Michael Key is once or twice and he's not, he's a, not, wasn't an undergrad, he was a grad. Where they really swung and missed last year when, when they had the women's Cup, World Cup post-game stuff, but they should have had Ali Krieger yes. last year. Yeah. Like that should have been a no-brainer, and instead they went with Lara Spencer, which I get and I understand, but you know you can't go back to her again this year, I don't think. Um, and it'll be virtual, so that helps, although that's just really tough. I mean, it was tough last week with Vince Vaughn, like this, the picks weren't... Yeah, and he was he, sitting in his chair, as I'm doing right now, just rocking back and forth in his chair, and it was kind of distracting. Yeah, and it um, was the sound was off, and it just... But yeah, my, wife, my wife has pointed out, she does kind of like the, the fact that it, the, these pickers are coming from home because then we get to see their back like what their their living rooms look at, right. look like I think that is that is a fun I point. think that's cool I'm, I, if I had to pick I don't think I'd go Bruce David Bruce Bannon um I have another pick I have two more picks but I'll okay cool let's hear him oh you okay so speaking of Bruce Bruce Springsteen ju did just release an album he has been known to wear a Penn State hat from time to time okay that's one um, and I am forgetting his name, but uh, Phil Dumphy's character, Ty Ty Burrell, I believe, he hasn't he hasn't done it yet. 
not necessarily in the know as much as he was when he was on Modern Family, but Modern Family is still a very popular show. Yeah, and I think um, uh, he's, an, he's an MFA grad too, came in for the Masters, and I, but I think I would like him uh, of that group. Um, I think Springsteen, what the thing is, Apple Plus, where he's at, right? So there's no, yeah. there's no corporate synergy, which unfortunately drives it all. Um, Lisa Salters is not easy. You can't do her because she's an analyst anyway, right? Like you're right. looking for a non-sports person. No, that's that's the biggest thing. You know, he wheels up, sponsors it, right? Like, not that anybody's flying, but it's always kind of fun to watch right. that. Um, no, I, I don't know, and I, I hope I'm not disappointed, but we just have, and I, even though, like, you know, I guess folks, university pays the bills, I very rarely use we sometimes and stuff like this, but our, our depth in that, at that position is just, we got to find a way to nurture it. Like, there's just not some, oh gosh, they're a Penn Stater kind of It would be thing. awkward to have Blackledge, right? Like, that would be weird. Yeah, that would be okay, weird. That's what you I can't thought. do that. Um, you know, maybe Franco Harris, maybe Saquon Barkley. Oh, and, that's you know, a good one. You know, if I had you an know, early pick in the clubhouse, it might be him. That's a good with one. With the rehab, right, and whatever else, and it's safe, and people would like him. And so we'll see. Like I, that, that may be the most exciting part about game day. And of course, everybody thinks the folks who are making picks are biased one way or the other. Right. You know, so I, I love that piece of it. Like, you know, they're just there doing their jobs. We're going to say, no, they're by, they hate Penn State. No, they love Penn State because, especially on this weekend, I mean, unfortunately for them, they're not getting the thing they want most from us, which is that big, loud, white crowd. Right. But I don't, I don't think their job is – I think there's maybe one analyst in TV in all my years who I thought was really biased and did like Penn State, and it wasn't Mark May. It was Craig James. Because um, oh. I just think – that group of players was unrepentant when they took the money from SMU. Yeah. And I, and I think he did look down on Penn State and yeah. didn't like Coach Paterno. The rest of them, I think, were just doing their jobs. Wow. That, that, I feel like we struck a little bit of nerve there. we, we got to come back to that topic another We'll be back, day. I'm sure, yep. Um, a couple other things that I know you've heard a little bit more. The only thing I want to shout out, and then I'll let you, you have to go, but Nittanyville will have their banners in there. And to me, that's, as the former Nittanyville president, that's something that's very important, at least the linebacker U banner, as somebody that once, literally once used that, that banner as a blanket at Nittanyville because he was so cold. <laughs> um, I, I'm just glad to see that that's going to be in the stadium. I'm glad that is, that is truly something. It doesn't get enough attention. It, people don't talk about it, in my opinion, enough. That is something that makes just is another thing that makes college game day in state college like a, just a great experience is those funny little banners i'm looking forward to seeing them i think it's great that they're they're enabling that and putting them in there i think it was wise and to, to all credit and folks in the athletic department to tell people if you're buying your cutouts to wear white i mean not that everybody did but i know that's what they were looking for in part for this event i'm curious to see how many cutouts there are right like i'm curious to see mm-hmm. how many people responded and what they did with them um so no, I, I think that part of it is interesting to me. What does the presentation look like? Because you know you kind of take pride in being part of that 110,000 people who are wearing white when it's a home game. And if you can't be there, you're kind of hopeful to see what it looks like and what it feels like. And it's not going to be anything like that, but I'm sure they'll do some creative stuff. And, and it's a very talented group that does that stuff. So I'm excited to see how it plays on TV or if you can even tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited too. Um, Saturday, this past Saturday still felt weird. Uh, but and I think this Saturday is going to feel even weirder. Uh, so anything that makes Saturday feel a little bit more, more normal is very welcome. Welcome, in my opinion. No doubt. All right. Speaking of the next couple of days, uh, did you before we move on? Did you have anything you wanted to add there? 
No, I'm not. I mean, okay. we're, we're doing our tailgate, so you know, not there, but home. So that's okay. hopefully not breaking any rules in the township where we live and whatever else. We have a chili cook-off that's been going on for 15 years, and somebody will win the championship belt. Oh, baby. So, and it's usually hotly contested, so much change. Usually a, a ballot of the masses. We're pulling people off the street to ask them to vote for chili. This year we've got some official guest judges, which are a surprise to all the competitors. Ooh. So, we've got, you know, we'll be, we'll be excited about a game day. I, I'm a little hurt, though. I was not asked to be an official guest judger, so you don't okay. want that job. It is the worst job in the world. Oh, we, do we, I have to eat uh, some really bad chili? Like, no, the chili like... is usually very good. It's the oh, chili okay. competitors, perhaps a couple will, who, of whom will be listening. Well, the one that would be listening will be the kindest, but the, the, but the rest of them are like kind of competitive. Intense. It's supposed to be a little fun. Sometimes it's not quite as fun as it should oh. be. It's a little more competitive. Okay. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't envy our judges this weekend. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. Well, coming up next week. Is there, there's a little thing called the election coming up. Um, I have not voted yet. Steve, have you voted yet? There, I did. Okay. I did. I voted by mail and made sure that they have received it already, so I'm done. So if something happens crazy in the next week, I will not have the, the ability to adapt to that. Okay. All right. That's that's good. That's good. Um, I We're going to go, I think, uh, early voting in Maryland opened up Monday. And so I, I think I'm going to go tomorrow and, and get it done and taken care of because I'm a little stressed. I don't have a Maryland ID right now because the DMV has been closed. So I had to register a different way. And so now I have to take like my passport, uh, like a couple bills with me to prove that I like live at this address and live in Maryland. So it's going to be an interesting experience. The person in the line behind you are going to love you. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to that person already. Um, but one of the things that I get to vote on um, that's already legal in PA is sports gambling. Um, it is coming up um, as a, a ballot question. Basically, the question is, do you approve the commercial, commercialization of gambling um, in the state of Maryland to bet on sporting events uh, or uh, sporting events or other events for the primary purpose of raising revenue for education? Um, it won't necessarily 100% guarantee that it's going to happen. It's just going to allow uh, the, the state legislature to basically create the, the roles in the system um, to allow for it to happen on through mobile gaming, through you know, through going to some of the casinos that are here in Maryland. Um, you can't you can't go you can go play a couple of like slots and, and those types of things. I'm not sure about all card, like all table games, but there are some table games you can play. Um, but you cannot. You, there's no sports books. Um, but if you look at a map, Delaware has it at least in person. PA has it both in person and on you know through mobile ads, apps, DraftKings, things like that. West Virginia has it through mobile apps and dra uh, through like mobile apps and in person. Um, and Virginia is also, I believe, voting on something. Mm -hmm. With it and DC, literally today. In fact, I just read that that at Audi Field where the DC United play and the DC Defenders of the XFL, which that's a segue. We'll get to that in a second. Second, they will. Um, they're they're actually putting a sports book in in the actual stadium so people can place bets. So, what I'm saying here is, you're at the point where you're starting to get pressured by all the other states around to kind of get this deal done, mainly because. It's a way to make very easy money for the states. Um, you know, it's projected to bring in from, according to the Baltimore Sun, $18 million. And it's not 100% guaranteed to go to education, but that is the way it looks like it will go. Um, and that's a, every year. 
but I've already seen some of the estimates in PA this year alone because people were so hungry for sports and miss sports that like their projection is like already like 10 or 15% higher than, than what um, is originally planned. So, you know, I don't know if you want to, you don't have to dissolve the information, but what is your, your, your take on sports gambling as somebody that lives in PA? Um, you know, what, how, you know, has that changed your experience watching sports? What are your thoughts? It, it hasn't changed my experience watching much, much, watching much. I mean, I'm more aware of it now, and it's more prominent now in some of the broadcasts, right? They're, they're more apt to, to let you know what the line is, what's going on. Um, from a Pennsylvania resident standpoint, I mean, it, I think they did, forget what I was reading, they did like 400 and some million dollars in September in terms of sports books handles. Yes, so, yeah. So people have money. I mean, that's the, mo- that's the most interesting thing to me. In New Jersey had... $667 million in August in their handle and almost $750 million in September. Now, it's been a busy, it was a busy time because sports had come back and things were there. But it's amazing to me in a time when people are dealing with economic struggles that they've got lots of money to gamble, which I guess is always part of the problem, right? That you hear the disclaimers for the ads. Oh, you know, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800. Um, so it hasn't really affected how I consume stuff and I haven't been tempted to, to gamble or lo- download an app or do something because I'd probably just lose money on it. Like I, I just, I, you know, while the games look easy, I'm like, oh, how could yeah. you not know that was going to happen? Right. You know, well, how could you not know Saturday was going to happen, right? right. So it, it, it's just kind of a scary thing. If I'm going to lose money or give it away, I'll probably do it to a charity as opposed to someplace, although, you know, maybe I think I could make money, but I just don't. Um, but I think it's a, with, with 18 states having some kind of legalized betting already on sports, more are going to come. And it and nobody seems to go broke doing it. I mean, not the the people sure who run it don't, right? Like the people. Right. Um, certainly, there's gamblers who have troubles, but they all continue to see raise money in a time when we're having struggles economically. This is going to be an answer for school districts or they or schools or school systems or whatever they say they're doing it for to benefit. And people are going to say, oh, okay, cool, I'll do that. So, you know, I'd be shocked if it didn't pass in Maryland um, and and or almost anywhere else it's proposed. Well, right. Yeah, no, I, I'll i be surprised, too. I was trying to find polling. There isn't a ton of polling on this. Obviously, most of the attention is on, you know, the other important issue, the <laughs> presidential election. Um, so that's understandable. But, you know, it's something that I was looking into. They put there like there's a lot of money coming into the, the state to support this. Like I was looking, FanDuel spent um, one point five million dollars. DraftKings, another another five hundred thousand. That's according to Ballotpedia. And and that's just on marketing or lobbying to get people to basically support this idea to do this. Um, well, and that's to, nothing, right? Like, so if New, right, if, if right, New Jersey did like six hundred million dollars in in August, and you're going to spend a million and a half to get it on the ballot and pass, yeah. that's a great investment, right. you know. Right. But yeah, it's coming in to be spent, and I think you know certainly the casinos and the sports books have a reason to want it passed. Um, and, I, and I don't think they're going to lose. And I think it sounds like a winning thing for people because they, they see it as a syntax. You know, hey, this gonna, I, I'm not going to gamble, but people are going to spend money on, on it and it's going to go support the schools. So that's going to be better for the schools and better than them taxing my car in Virginia or my property in Pennsylvania right. or whatever it is. Um, I think the, the two things that me uh, that always kind of have bothered me, especially now that I've become more aware of gambling, I have more friends that are in New Jersey, PA, um, even DC, that can gamble, is 45 states in this country allow lottery. And then I think like basically the same number of states allow daily fantasy sports. 
I'm not saying that I think there actually is skill involved with sports game. Not skill per se, but a little bit more of like, okay, I got to look at this. Got to know this. Um, especially with daily fantasy, I, to me, it's really just kind of gambling, um, but on players as opposed to uh, as opposed to teams. But like, it's very odd to me that in forty five states, you can walk into a Seven Eleven, buy a piece of paper, and not know the outcome, and that's legal. But then something where I can say, okay, I know that the Steelers are going to beat the Giants or the Jets. Like I know that's going to happen, you know, th- that that's weird to me. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of was kind of my impetus and whatever for this conversation was that was the thing that was stuck with it on me. Um, let's, let's you talked about it briefly there. I feel like in the la- because of all of this in the last however many years that kind of gambling has become more prevalent and really daily fantasies become more prevalent. We as a society are more comfortable talking about gambling in our sports media but i don't think we're like all the way there yet i like i don't think it's like al michael still makes like an awkward reference every every sunday night to it but it's not an out front you know one whereas when the xfl there's there's the end of the segue it's a long way around um when the xfl was on there the the lines were on the scoreboard they were on the score bug during the game like they were you would go to, I went to the first game for the DC Defenders they were encouraging you to gamble at the game basically mm-hmm. like this is a thing that you can do like this is a part of the experience um, you know even things like the Action Network um, Mandel and Feldman do their their against the spread picks and for the Athletic every weekend and you know going back to game day Bear and Pat McAfee they spend, I would say, at least 15 minutes every week on that show talking about lines and spreads and overs and unders and things like that. Um, you know, I I think it's getting better. It's more prevalent, but I, I still think, you know, to the level that fantasy is, I think we're still a little, probably another five, ten years away from it becoming ingrained into our telecast of a game. I don't think it'll be 10. It might be five to be ingrained. Um, I think the 15 minutes reference with, with, with Bear and, and Pat is, um, it sounds low now that I say, I mean, that's the right number, but it sounds low to where people are in terms of how much they do betting with their college football. Like right. I would think more than 15 out of 15 minutes out of three hours, whatever that percentage is, other people of the audience who are college football fans have some, law, have some idea what the line is or, or know who's gonna win or wanna bet. Um, I think the score bugs will be in another couple years. It just it's just tougher with college sports, right? Because right. we're supposed to be amateurs, right. and we're supposed to pretend that's not not a thing. Um, but I think as the, the licensing and name licensing stuff comes up for the athletes more, and they're looking for sponsors, and who's going to have money in a couple of years? It's going to be sports books. It's going exactly. So they're going to pay for stuff to have to be sponsored and do that stuff. And I don't think you could ignore it. And I think. There'll just be more of it, and the point spreads are easy. It's the money lines, right? So there's got to be some education that comes with that for casual right. fans on what a money line means and what's going on. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think we're on our way down a path where there's going to be more, and I always say more isn't better, but I don't know that this is worse yet when we but get to where we're going. I feel like, and maybe this is, I don't know, maybe this is the, the mystique of Central PA, but I feel like growing up, Every day I picked up the, every time I picked up the mirror, or every time that I put the scoreboard page together, because that was my old job at the mirror, 
the spreads were always on there and i can remember my mom like us like being very young like and we would go to games and she'd be like darian did you read what the spread was this weekend like or you know what's the spread on the game like it was a conversation that we we would have even though we weren't i certainly wasn't gambling on it i don't think my mom was gambling on it um yeah i think i always knew I mean, probably at whatever, high school, whatever, knew somebody was supposed to be two touchdowns better than somebody else, or they were yeah. a three-point favorite, or whatever. I mean, and, and we were by no means in, in my little hick town, like a, a place where there was any kind of coordinated effort, but I can still visibly remember, you know, once a week, maybe every other week, because my father didn't do it often, but we'd go into the one, you know, kind of greasy spoon restaurant that made, you know, sandwiches and cheesesteaks and fries, and there was one pool table, literally just one, and it was his buddy from high school who ran the place, and we'd talk for a little bit, and then this little piece of paper would come out, right? Like, and it'd, it'd have 25 games on it, right? And you had to pick them, and then you brought it back with your money, and then you went back Monday if you won or whatever else. And that was when I first, you know, experienced LSU games at night, right? Because you started looking at the games and what time they were, and LSU's playing at 6 p.m., and you're like, well, geez, 6 p.m., and where are you going to find out who won that game at? Because that was pre-ESPN. <laughs> so... It's changed a lot in my lifetime, and that was kind of fun because it was mysterious. I think it's a little better that it's out in the open, um, and I think we're just going to see more of it. I mean, I think people see it as a solution, and it'll be there's there's a point at somewhere where it plateaus, right? And people, in theory, don't have more money to gamble, or they they, they find us finally all spent it where it is. But I think until we get to the point where we have forty some states doing this, we've still got a ways to go before we hit that point. I agree. I agree. Um, something else that you used to do on as you were a kid was watch the Charlie Brown Christmas specials on network television. I did it too. And then about a week ago, Apple, who has had the rights to Snoopy in space. Uh, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Peanuts guy, okay? I know my stuff. Um, they said no more over the air. It is now streaming. Now, you, ha- you can... You you have you could pay to for Apple TV and watch it any time of the year, or on, you know, like whenever you really wanted to watch it. Or they're making it free, which none of the the headlines in, in any of the articles, because the media messed up. I, I feel like people were you were mad about that. Like you texted me about it. My mother in law was kind of mad about it. Like, the, but they're free for like. Like, I know this week they're free for, like, a couple of days. Then in Thanksgiving they're co- free for a couple of days. And then around Christmas they're free for a couple of days. Like, settle down, everybody. Yeah, I don't think Apple's TV is doing anything wrong. And I think it's a smart way that they purchase content. Somebody has money to purchase quality content. I don't, I don't begrudge them that at all. And I think it's a smart way to say, here's your little taste of the kind of content we have by giving this thing out free. And then we'll tease you with some other Apple commercials while we're there. And maybe you'll buy it. Um, you know, it's just one more hurdle for me to consume it, right? I got to come in and, and have the smart TV or turn on the laptop and do it. And that's not, it wasn't even, I can remember watching them as a kid, right? Because they're all probably about as old as we are, as old as I am. Um, but my best memories with, with um, especially Halloween, was our, our trick-or-treat time in our township is 5 to 8 p.m. And it was on, and it's always on Halloween night, which I think should be when this stuff is. This stuff I'm making it Thursday or in the afternoons or that kind of bull. That's just stupid. It's Halloween night. Um, but ours was from five to eight. So man, at eight o'clock, that last kid better be on the porch or on his on, on his or her way off my porch because the light's <laughs> going back off, and I'm going in at eight o'clock to turn on CBS to watch the Peanuts, right? Like and, and watch you know, you know the Great Pumpkin. So 
I think it's more that. Like by that point, you know, you're getting the kids in, and when our daughters were young enough and, and warmed up and you know ready to go to bed, and I'm like, okay, don't bug me. Go take your stinking baths. I got to watch Charlie Brown or get down here and watch him with me because you have to. And that's what we would do. Like, and maybe that's why they're inundated with this stuff. I'm like, this is a classic. No, don't. You can't go to bed now or take a bath now. Sit your rear end down and watch Charlie Brown. Like, I don't care if you are tired. We're watching Charlie Brown. Um, yeah, it's just people missing their traditional thing, right? It's just one more step, and I know it's an easy step to consume it. It's just not where I live as easily when I come in and turn my remote on and say, where's my channel, right? right? And, no, and That's fair. That's you fair. Know, so. I don't know. My, my take on it is uh, my wife's grandparents figured out how to Zoom, and uh, her grandfather just turned 90. I forget. I want to say her grandmother is 87. They figured out how to use Zoom. They know how to do it now. My grandmother, who is 80, I believe 82 or 83, she knows how to FaceTime. She prefers that I FaceTime her now. I think people can figure it out. It's not that hard. Well, it's, it's, really the, it's the same way with games, right? I mean, Fox Sports 1, two years ago, might have been, might as well have been in the Gobi Desert. Yeah, like if it wasn't a network thing, nobody could find it. And then now people have realized, well, if I, could, I just go search it on my TV, now either I have that or I don't. And I did have one you know, cold sweat moment Saturday, probably at about 3.20, when I was like, hey, do we get Fox Sports 1 on YouTube TV? Like, I'm pretty sure we do. And I was like, oh, yeah, we do. Because, you know, we had people sitting around getting ready to, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, good, we're good. I didn't <laughs> for think, a second yeah. there, I wasn't sure. No, we, we, we have cable for that exact reason so that I don't have to stress out about it. I know, um, I know. I also don't like being behind. All right. I feel like we ran a little bit long than our normal time today, but I feel like we covered a lot. This was a good show. Listeners will tell us if we ran long, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Anybody that made it this point, let us yes. know. Yes, yes. And if you made it to this point, chances are you already do this, but please subscribe on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. Give us a like on Facebook. Um, Darian, this is me talking in the third person, Darian will continue to put up the depth charts uh, for people, for viewers. I'm so glad people complain. Oh, we, multiple people. sat here people. watching with my friend. I'm like, oh, good. Darian usually has these. I don't know where it's at. I, I had about four to five text messages of people. Hey, did you make this? And I was like, no. I was, and I wasn't going to because I was like, oh, we're all at home. And they'll say it, and I was like, yeah, about halfway through the game. I was like, I missed these. Like, it was like actually halfway through the first quarter. I was like, so I made those. So I'll continue to put those on the Facebook page and on my Twitter. Um, the show has an email now. It is stuffsummersayspodcast at gmail.com. So you can email us anything. I'm sure somebody will email us. Uh, please give us some feedback. My Twitter handle is stuffsummersays. Yours is? Steve Sampson. Pretty simple. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for making it this far into our little podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye.